welcome to the PsychoWise podcast. We explore how women can expand in pleasure and wisdom spanning all cycles and seasons of womanhood. This is a body-centered approach to living where your body is your personal resource for you to live as the woman you came here to be. I'm Indigo Moon, and if you want to turn on your cyclic woman and wisdom, if you want to become untamed and awake to your own power, then join me as we dive into all areas of embodied soulful living. Today's episode is dedicated to holistic breast health. Breasts are what I consider energy centers, chakras of your womanly body, of emotions, love, orgasmic energy, and guides in receiving deep nourishment. But they're also a part of our bodies that can be shrouded in fear as many conversations around breasts often center around breast disease rather than how to support breast vitality yourself. So to talk more about holistic breast health, I've invited Rochelle Poitras. And Rochelle is the woman behind Metanoia, an amazing platform dedicated to providing you with the best tools and most digestible information to empower you in your journey for wellness and breast health. This is a journey that Rochelle has and is walking herself on her own healing journey to heal benign breast growths. During her healing journey, she's become a holistic nutritionist herbalist, learned about Ayurveda, and how our body, mind, and spirit are interwoven. Welcome, Rochelle. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I would really love to start with a little bit of your personal journey because you shared that the book Finding Ultra by Rich Roll was one that had a big impact on you starting your journey into holistically looking at your breast challenges in a new way. So can you take us back to that pivotal time in your life that changed the way you viewed what was happening in your body? Yeah, absolutely. I'll even go back a bit before the book. So I discovered um, my first fibroadenoma when I was in my early 20s and had it surgically removed um, by a wonderful surgeon. And he was like, yeah, you know, like you should be fine. You shouldn't have any issues. This is really common with women. And I really had no understanding of what, you know, fibroadenomas were, why they were showing up. And so I thought, great, you know, I had it removed. I thought, great, I'm healed. I'll never have to worry about this again. And then not understanding, you know, the root cause of these imbalances, I didn't make any changes to my diets. I didn't realize that my hormones were out of balance. I didn't nurture myself in any sort of way. And so a few years later, the, I had different fibroadenomas to continue to grow in both breasts. And I had another fibroadenoma, or tumor rather, that grew back in the exact same spot where that first fibroadenoma was removed. And over the years, that tumor started to grow. And so I went to a um, you know, went to the doctors here in Vancouver and had it biopsied. And it, because it was getting to be so big, I had to have six biopsies on it. Um, they had to take it from different areas just to make sure. 
And it came back benign, and it came back as a phylloides tumor. And phylloides is basically just means is Greek for the, sh the, the shape of the cells or in leaf form. And so it's benign, but the doctors were labeling it as like cancer's cousin. And I was like, oh, like this is not good. Like this is really, like things are getting really serious. And I still didn't understand like what was going on. And so I was referred to a surgeon who I met with twice and she really couldn't answer any of my questions. And she was really rough in the examination and her bedside manners were really terrible. Like I didn't feel comfortable with her whatsoever. And there was just great, great, great hesitation on my part to work with her. And having experienced, you know, the first surgeon that I worked with was really like nice and compassionate and warm and understanding. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to open myself up physically to someone, I want to really, really like them. I want to be comfortable with them. I want them to know. I want to know that they have my best interests at heart, you know. And, you know, to, to her, I mean, to her credit, everybody was saying, you know, she was one of the top oncologist surgeons in the area. And I'm sure she is, but she just couldn't answer my questions, which I needed answers to. And, you know, to be fair, her job is to kind of, you know, remove the growth from the body and that's it, you know. So I just kind of was like, uh, there was just so much hesitation on my part. And luckily, you know, the issue was benign. So I was like, okay, I've got time. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can figure this out. And I'm like, there's got to be a way. You know, I feel like whatever your body creates, your body can heal. Like we have this amazing, infinite intelligence within each and every one of us that we will never truly comprehend or understand. And so during this time... I had started to read Ritual's book, Finding Ultra, and in it he talks about how his wife, Julie, she healed a cyst in her neck, a golf ball-sized cyst in her neck at, located at the front through Ayurveda. And I was like, oh, like it's possible to heal a tumor with natural methods. And I was like, okay. I was like, I need to look into this. I was just, my whole body was just kind of like, you know, kind of like felt awakened. It was just like, oh my God, like this is, this is the path. Like this is kind of like a step in that direction. So at that time I was in Barcelona. And so I found an Ayurvedic practitioner and started to work with her. And it was about really kind of removing a lot of things from my diet, you know, to start clearing and cleaning things up. And it was the introduction of a lot of herbs, which I had to take, you know, at specific times uh, with certain things. And that was kind of, and that first step was really, I mean, it was, I mean, it changed everything for me because not only was I taking kind of like control of my health and empowering myself with these things, but yeah, I was starting to understand like there was a whole other world out there that would kind of support me and that I could do this and that, and to trust myself, you know, like if there's something that you're not really like to, to listen to that hesitation within you and to listen to your intuition. And if you're kind of like, oh, I don't really want to work with this person, they're not, you know, and I don't feel, you know, I don't feel that connection with them. No, you don't have to work with them. I mean, for the most part, there's always exceptions, but, you know, to kind of trust the flow and to ask the universe for guidance, you know, and to ask the universe, be like, you know, show me the books, teachers, resources, podcasts, you know, send me what it is I need to do, you know, show me my next step. And so, yeah, that book really kind of, yeah, started it all for me. Mm, that's so powerful. 
I guess one part that stands out in what you shared is that even at that early stage where it sounds like you hadn't really gone that deep yet into holistic healing, you were starting very holistically with listening to yourself. Like you paused and also listened to yourself and how does this oncologist actually feel to me? Am I, you know, getting my answers to my questions and do I feel cared for in the way that feels important for you? And I hear that you had some time because you had benign growths, but it feels like something that's so important to just emphasize for a moment that we have choices and that you are also an authority when you go into an active participant in your own care. That's a really crucial part in holistic health, in taking charge and responsibility for your own health. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody knows your body as well as you do. Not your family, not your friends, not your doctor, no one. So even when I decided to not work with the surgeon and I started kind of on this Ayurvedic path, I didn't tell very many people. I didn't tell my friends, I didn't tell my family, because I didn't want their judgment and I didn't want their criticism. And, it, you know, their judgment and criticism isn't coming from a harmful place. You know, it's coming out of, like, you know, a warm and loving place. But I didn't want anything that wasn't going to be supportive of what I was doing because I already had you know, that decision to kind of, you know, walk away from, you know, that kind of like a Western medical system and to kind of trust my own journey and to trust my own path and to kind of step into the holistic side was really, it's a hard one. You know, when you're kind of, it's like stepping into the unknown. So you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know if I'm doing the right decision, you know, but I just knew that, you know, the Western medical system was always there. If I needed to have the surgery, that option was always available. But I was like, well, I'm going to try some other things. Because, I, you know, my thought was, if I get this tumor removed, but I don't make any changes, is there something that's going to grow back in the exact same spot again? You know, like, am I just setting myself up for cancer? Am I setting myself up for more imbalances? So I really had to be like, okay, well, let's just, yeah, let's turn to the holistic side of things and um, yeah, see what that has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. And it also sounds like you experienced firsthand what happens across the board in terms of women's health, that it's often minimized if it's not urgent. And I'm especially thinking here about menstrual cycle imbalances that are often normalized <laughs> to a pretty extreme point that you should just live with it it's within the normal and often that happens in terms of breast health too that if it isn't cancerous then you know you can just kind of let it be which it sounds like was your experience too right yeah I mean you know when the first fibroadenoma you know all the doctors are like oh like it's fine like don't worry about it it's common and then just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal I mean, breast imbalances, I feel like are kind of like the canaries in the coal mine. They're there telling you that you have other issues in your body because everything is connected. It's connected to like hormone imbalances. It's connected to liver congestion. It's connected to poor digestive function. It's connected to poor thyroid function. You know, it's, it's linked to, you know, nutrient deficiencies, you know, stress. You know, it's, everything is so linked and connected. I mean, it's truly amazing. And so when we ignore these symptoms, you're ignoring so many other things that you don't realize. You know, like nobody asks us about like, well, what are you eating? You know, like, what does your diet look like? What are your 
stress management techniques. How are you sleeping? You know, how are you nurturing yourself? Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, how do you think and speak about yourself? Because your breast, every cell in your body picks up on that. You know, it's an energy. And so, you know, your cell, your immunity, and your cells know your deepest feelings and thoughts. I mean, it's a whole body imbalance, but, you know, for many women, it can show up either, you know, as breast imbalances specifically, or some other women, it's, you know, ovarian fibroids or cysts. Um, you know, it depends kind of like, I think, like, yeah, like what your Achilles heel is or kind of what your journey is. Because I feel too, a lot of these imbalances are there to teach us, you know, they have so many gifts for us. And so for me, my breast imbalances have just taught me how to nurture myself and how to, you know, self-love and self-care and all the attention that we seek outside of ourselves, how to turn that inwards. Mm, Yeah. Absolutely. How would you describe sort of you're speaking to it right now, but if you reflect for a moment on the relationship you have with your breast today and the sort of multi layers, I'm sure that has grown in your relationship with your breast from diving into your breast health since discovering your breast girls, what is your relationship with your breast today as opposed to when you first started? Because I'm imagining there's quite a few layers that have sprouted over the course of your journey yeah I mean when I first started I mean there was just so much fear because you just hear all the time of like you know breast lumps and cancer and cancer and this and that and then the cancer it's like chemo and radiation you just see how how difficult it is for women who are going through these treatments and just how you know a lot of women die from you know breast cancer and stuff and so I've always been so scared of that been terrified of you know and so there's just so much fear around and I just didn't understand how my body functioned you know I didn't understand that you know so the imbalances are showing up in my breasts but I had so many other imbalances in my body so but you know the more I started to kind of dive in to you know learning about what my body needed you know studying holistic nutrition and studying herbalism it just it empowered me so much to understand like oh like these issues are super benign like they're super simple and basic and there's so many amazing tools out there and that just kind of you know leaned into a relationship of like trust and like love and appreciation for what my body and my breasts do every day I mean like the breasts you know have a physical function is you know they feed babies you know they feed our children so they have you know there's a physical function there and they just represent so much and I think that if you can I mean yeah you know breast imbalances are often you know they're call for like love you know they're call for self-love and so it was just an opportunity for me to just kind of yeah just love myself and to create that relationship with my whole body you know of just being like you're here on this planet for a reason and you have gifts and you have value and you have worth and to start honoring that and to start acknowledging that within yourself you know like I really had to start kind of paying attention to being like I've come a long way you know from that first fibrinoma to like seeing amazing results healing you know shrinking everything and just being like yeah kind of like saluting and kind of like celebrating like our amazingness you know as women we hold so much power and we hold so much strength and we hold so much you know like we really hold the caliber of relationships and the household, you know, like we really hold 
a certain kind of energy. And so when you start celebrating that in yourself, the breasts really represent that. They really kind of represent, you know, your relationship to self. And so, yeah, my relationship now is really one of like trust and love and appreciation and gratitude, like a lot of gratitude because, yeah, I mean, had it not been for, you know, these imbalances, I don't know that I would have changed how I lived, how I ate, how, yeah, I don't think I would have changed anything. So, I mean, basically, I'm so much healthier now because of these imbalances. Mm, Yeah, yeah. How beautiful is that? That's very powerful. And you speak, you're speaking really eloquently, I think, to the practicality of what it means to take a cyclic season, uh, something that arises in our cyclic bodies in a womanly landscape, and working with it and it turning into a resource for actually living more as the woman we came here to be and really diving deep into that. Like, this is what it means to really turn hard open, you know, dive deep into what our bodies are showing us and that they can become such a potent resource for being us, for healing, for becoming more human and becoming more embodied. So it's so beautiful to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really, I mean, there's truly a gift in all of these kind of like health imbalances, you know, things show up, even like the little symptoms that we might kind of ignore, like, you know, that monthly breast pain or you know, a tenderness or, you know, whatever it is, those lumps, they're there to teach you, you know, they're kind of, it's, it's a kind of a wake up call. And sometimes when we don't listen, you know, the symptoms get a little bit louder, get a bit more painful, get a bit bigger, and you just kind of keep growing. So you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like I'm listening, I'm ready. Like, let's pay attention. And for me, it was really, you know, it's important to work with a variety of people too. Like I found like you know, working with just the Western medical, Western medicine, eh, it wasn't giving me the solutions I needed. So I had to kind of, you know, go elsewhere. So, you know, working with a naturopath and working with a functional medicine doctor, working with people who really have an understanding of how the whole body functions and the importance of the liver and the breast and how, you know, symptoms with breast imbalances can be connected to, you know, thyroid imbalance can be connected to all these things. And so I feel like, you know, when women are starting kind of out on these journeys and they're trying to figure things out, whatever the problem is, I feel like get a team, like get, you know, like get your medical doctor, get your functional medicine doctor, get your naturopath, get an herbalist, get an Ayurvedic practitioner, get your traditional Chinese medicine doctor, get, you know, acupuncturist. I mean, whoever resonates with you, whatever you're kind of like drawn to, like get a team of people. Cause I feel like what one practitioner misses, the other one gets. And so it's kind of like a checks and balances. You're like, okay, well, they don't fully understand this thing, but this person understands that thing. So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I've seen that too with um, my naturopath and functional medicine doctor. I mean, they're both really great. And what one of them misses, the other one usually gets. And so I'm like, ah. And then the more I kind of read up on this stuff, the more I study it, the more I experiment with myself, the more I am now able to be like, no, this is what this is. And they missed that, or they didn't quite understand this. Um, which is really great because it's like, you know, I kind of walk in there at the doctor's office just being like, I actually just need like a requisition form for like, you know, the ultrasound or the blood work, but I can like read these numbers on my own now. You know, I can be like, okay, that's too low. That's not right. I know this is because of this. 
that has an impact on that number. And so you really kind of, you can walk into the doctor's office and make a decision with the doctor and you can talk things out and be like, okay, well, what about, let's try this instead, or I'm going to try this for a couple months. And if that doesn't work, well, maybe we'll try what you're recommending. And so I think if women are, if you have the time, explore different avenues, you know, play with different things, try things. Um, you know, it's really kind of, you know, just empower yourself as much as you can. Yeah. And I guess I'm also hearing that it's also really important to get people that are not just normalizing your suffering, which sounds a little bit obvious, but that happens all the time, like we've already mentioned. And getting people that are actually looking at you, listening to you, and really taking in what your experience is, and looking at your body holistically, and sitting there with you and saying, yeah, let's look closer, because, you know, your body is meant to be a pleasurable place to be most of the time. Like we all go through different human experiences in our bodies. And it's just that having a menstrual cycle, having breasts, simply being a woman does not equal having to normalize lumpy breast, PMS, menstrual cycle imbalances, fibroids, etc., even if they are benign. So I'm just hearing how important it is also is to find people that are listening that hear you, that will support you in amplifying your health, that will also be open to taking your voice in. Because like you've said yourself, you're the authority in your health. Exactly. I mean, no, it's nobody's responsibility to heal you but yourself. No doctor can do it. No naturopath can do it. No herbalist can do it. It's really up to you to get to take ownership of your imbalances and to be like, okay, well, I put myself here. You know, like I fully acknowledge that, you know, I'm where I'm at because of the decisions I made in my life, you know. Um, and sometimes and it's not a bad thing and it's no one's fault. We all do the best we can with the information we have. And I mean, and we're living in such a great age. I mean, there's just so much great information like on podcasts and like even like YouTube videos and doctors. I mean, and, you know, the whole kind of like medical system, I feel, is really kind of changing. And so, yeah, work with people that support you that will you know and it's important too to be able to walk into a doctor's office you know that first time you know especially with like you know what I like about functional medicine and, and you know working with a naturopath is that your first consult is usually like an hour an hour and a half so they have time to go through your history ask pointed questions and you know kind of figure it out because you're not going to get that kind of treatment in a 15 minute appointment you're not going to you're not going to get to the bottom of anything and so if you just walk out with a prescription, you know, start looking at other options, start researching like naturopaths in your area, I start asking people, you know, with Google, like, and even now, I mean, there's so many clinics worldwide that will take on patients with Skype. Like you can meet a doctor in California and be in, you know, New York or wherever, and you can work with doctors remotely. You know, you can get your blood work done where you're at or that sort of thing, or you can get the test sent over to labs anywhere in the world now and you know there's always an option there's always an option so yeah you know you always have a choice there's always an option and yeah it's always a bit scary at first but I feel like if you have a team of doctors and practitioners that like support you and have your back you're like oh like I'm seeing good results with them like I'm really kind of seeing you know and sometimes it's the doctors that don't think like everybody else that will really kind of you know give you the biggest shifts as the doctors that kind of question things and that kind of 
you know, don't follow the norm all the time that, you know, you'll probably see some great results with. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like for you, really getting that information and getting the support are key aspects in terms of navigating the fear that does arise in terms of our breast, because I felt that myself. I've had a mother that has journeyed through and onto the other side of breast cancer, but I still occasionally feel that dichotomy within my relationship with my breasts because on one side, they're a part of my body that I work with a lot. They feel really sacred. They're an intuitive center to me, and I feel empowered in terms of my relationship with my breasts. But on the other side, you know, that lurking in the background can bring in fear sometimes. And yeah, I'm just hearing that for you, it sounds like getting that information was a key point. You know, the fear is allowed to be there. It's natural, but also getting some information so the fear doesn't necessarily take over and freeze you in terms of your choices and how you navigate your relationship with your body. Yeah, I mean, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, you know, and it's, it's just, it's so sad. And it, it happens so often, you know, it's just, unfortunately, it's just, it's so common, which is, you know, it's really heartbreaking. And, you know, one of the things, one of my biggest lessons in all of this is that when I was following the Ayurvedic protocol, I was taking the herbs, I was eating cleanly, but for a lot of the time I was stressed and I was worried that the protocol wasn't going to work. I was like, oh, because I'd done it for about a year and a half. And with after about like six, seven, eight months, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm seeing any changes. Like it feels like, you know, the tumor's still the same size. And I don't, I was starting to doubt myself. I started to, I was worried about paying for, you know, the herbs every couple of months. I was doubting if the treatment was going to work. I was getting stressed out. I was getting obsessed. And I was just kind of, there was a lot of fear there. And so during this time, you know, I started to study holistic nutrition and I found a great functional medicine doctor in Vancouver. So I had, you know, gotten my ultrasound down before when I first had the biopsy and that was around six centimeters. So when I started working with the functional medicine doctor, we did another ultrasound done. And when I got the test results back, this was, you know, while I was doing the Ayurvedic protocol, I was like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be smaller. It's going to have healed because I know from everyone, everyone tells me Ayurveda works, Ayurveda works, Ayurveda works. And Ayurveda does work. But I had stressed out so much. I had so much doubt and fear and worry that it wasn't going to work. So when I got the ultrasound results back and the doctor was like, yeah, it's that, you know, it was just, I think it was just under 11 centimeters. No, I think it was just under 10 centimeters. It had almost doubled in size. And I was like, what? I was like, there's no way. I asked her like five times to like double check like the document. I'm like, are you sure it's the same? It's the right name? Are you sure it's the right patient? Do you have, I was like, I, I just was like blown away. I was like, but this is supposed to work. And then, you know, telling my doctor, I was like, yeah, like I constantly check and touch it to see if it's getting smaller. Like I'm, you know, I was just obsessed and like, just really worried, you know, really kind of struggling to trust that my body could do what it was supposed to do. And so my doctor, who's great, she was like, you know, sometimes a lot of these Eastern modalities work on the energetics of things. And she's like, you need to stop focusing on your tumor. You see, you need to stop touching it. You need to start, you need to let it go. And at this time I was getting really tired with the protocol because it was really strict. It was really, you know, and if I had something that I wasn't supposed to eat, I mean, the guilt that I had around like, oh my God, that I just undo like four months of like, you know, 
if, you know, that I just undo everything that I just kind of like waste all my money and like all of these things were kind of running through my mind. And so that was another thing too. My biggest lesson was that you can take all of the herbs, you can eat the cleanest diet, but if your energy is not in alignment with what you're trying to do, you'll never achieve those results. Like that stress and that worry and that fear will block all of the positive things you're doing physically. And so I had to, I just, I stopped the Ayurvedic protocol. I was like, if anything, I'm like, I'm going to take a break. I wanted to be able to like have a cookie and not stress out about it. You know, my relationship to food had really changed for the negative. I was just judging everything. I can't have this. I can't have that. You know, that's going to do this. That's going to do that. And there's, it just created so much stress in my body that that food that was once so healing and important was now being like negatively charged. And just kind of changing, you know, the whole environment. And so I had to just kind of like, you know, I had to just stop everything. I had to relax. I wanted to regain a really like health, healthy sense, a healthy relationship with my food. You know, I want to be able to have like a piece of chocolate and just enjoy it and not stress out about it. You know, to have like, you know, some chips or whatever it is, you know, within reason, but to just enjoy it and that, and that be that. And so my, what I discovered was that you know, the energy with which you approach something, with which you take something in, can completely change the vibration of that food. So, I mean, you can eat an apple, but if you're like, oh my God, I don't want to eat this apple. I wish it was something else. I'm sick, sick of eating apples. And you go on and on and on. That apple isn't going to really do much for you. But let's say maybe you have like a cookie and you're like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. This is so good. I'm enjoying it so much. And so I'm, you know, like it's just the tastiest thing ever. That will completely change the vibration of the cookie, you know? So I had to, yeah, my biggest, you know, one of my biggest lessons was just like the energy with which you approach something, the energy with which you take things in can completely change everything. Like, you know, the body achieves what the mind believes. And so if you believe and you're like, I can do, I can do this. Like I can do whatever I set my mind to. And even since then, like I've achieved more healing in my body since I started to take on that kind of mentality, you know, where it's like, yeah, you know, like I have more treats but I mean the treats it's not often and the quality of what I've eaten has changed so much you know everything is organic and it's you know very low sugar you know there's just so many great things that you can enjoy that are still healthy for you but you know changing you know enjoying those things and not being like oh I shouldn't have this I shouldn't have that I should be supposed to be eating this you know that would completely change the environment of your body and so when you're kind of like hey like I'm just really enjoying things now and there's no guilt stress around it now you've created an environment that's much more harmonizing for your body to heal, you know, and I've experienced so much more healing having that outlook. They've been like super, super strict with my diet and just like super, super strict, but like wanting to eat other things and just, you know, it, there's just kind of, there's a lot of like power in just kind of like surrendering and relaxing and letting go and trusting that like, you know, a piece of cookie, whatever it is here or there is not going to do much. If you're for the most part, diligent about eating well you know eating plant-based and doing the best you can with your food and being grateful for the food in front of you and enjoying it all those things can really impact your yeah your healing like regardless of what the issue is like whatever it is you're struggling with absolutely yeah such a huge piece for holistic healing across the board and it almost also I feel like calling it like that you tapped into some breast wisdom because I also think of the breast reminding us about receiving nourishment 
And they are a center that's so connected to pleasure and sensuality and giving and receiving nourishment. And it sounds like you really, that was a lesson in your own healing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the breasts hold a specific energy and it's that of nurturance. You know, not only do they give, you know, they feed our children, but the other side of, yeah, sexual pleasure. They represent, I mean, just their physical location. I mean, being next to the heart. I mean, they're the gatekeepers of the heart, you know, and they receive, they receive a lot of energy. Like they're adored, they're criticized, they're judged, they're, you know, kind of lusted after, you know, there's a lot going on with that kind of part of our bodies. And so if the, you know, the energy that's kind of, that surrounds that area, I mean, even just breaking it down further, I mean, like the left breast, you know, the left side is, you know, represents the feminine, whereas the right side represents the masculine. So the left side often represents our inability to receive, you know, it's often related to like feeling unloved, you know, the inability to nurture and to receive. And then the right side is often connected to you know, our inability to give and where are we, where do we not allow ourselves to receive? Like, or yeah, where do we not, yeah, where do we have difficulty in giving to ourselves? You know, like, where do we have difficulty in, you know, these relationships with even like the masculine, you know? So if women are having issues, you know, and one particular breast instead of the other, you can kind of break it down there, right? Like, where do I not allow, where am I not nurturing myself? Where, what am I not allowing myself to have? You know, because women generally have, you know, we do everything for everybody else. We're taught to, you know, you look after everybody else because, you know, women's like pretty much the center of the family. She holds the kind of, you know, she holds that frequency. And so, and, you know, you look back on often, Sometimes, you know, women who've dealt with cancer or, or women who've gone through like a divorce or a major trauma or the death of a loved one, it's common to see them develop cancer, you know, a few years afterwards, you know, or shortly after that trauma. And it's usually, you know, it's important to kind of process what happens and to let it go. But sometimes I feel like women just don't look after themselves. They're so worried about looking after everybody else and making sure that everybody else is taken care of, that they put themselves last. And so, you know, Dr. Gabor Mate talks about how your inability to say no will kill you. And he says that for women who are diagnosed with breast cancer, he says often when you look at their obituaries or you hear how people talk about them, you know, they'll say things like, oh, she was selfish. She always took everybody else. She, you know, put herself last. She didn't put herself first. And so that lack of putting ourselves first of saying yes to everybody else, but saying yes to our saying no to ourselves, that energy right there often shows up on the breast, you know, because your breasts just they're just asking you to like, you know, like nurture yourself, like put yourself first. Say no to things that don't light you up. Say no to things that don't support you and ask for support. You know, ask your friends and your community and your family, be like, hey, like this is my time. I need you guys to help me out now. I need to be supported. I need time to rest. I need time to you know, take care of myself. And yeah, it's kind of, um, I mean, it's really kind of interesting because I feel like once you understand the energetics, that can kind of shift so much, you know, it can kind of change, you know, because you can ask yourself, well, how am I nurturing myself? Like physically, like, what am I eating? Like, how am I 
nourishing myself on a physical level? Like how am I nurturing myself on an emotional level? How am I nurturing myself on a spiritual level? And so, you know, even just doing things like, you know, taking aside like 20 minutes every day for yourself to maybe it's like taking a bath is what you really love to do or, you know, reading a book or signing up for a pottery class or just going for a walk or whatever it is that you're like, this is my thing and this is for me. You know, those little acts really kind of imprint on your subconscious that like, oh, like I'm worthy. I'm, you know, like this is, you know, my time, like I'm of value and I'm of worth and I'm going to put myself first. And oftentimes, like, you know, the way we treat ourselves just gets mirrored back in how the rest of the world treats us. And so when you put yourself first, often the rest of the world, you know, other people in our lives start to put ourselves first. And so that's kind of fun to play around with because, yeah, the way you treat yourself is the way others will treat you. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really important to hold that torch that nourishment matters mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily going to be handed to you. You have to be the one that holds that down in your life for at least a great part of it. And people will start, you know, backing you up in it, I is my experience. But you do have to be a key holder of your own nourishment in your life and really have that deep-rooted belief that it does matter and maybe even turn it into that it's part of your your mission and vision in the world to be a nourished woman. That's at least something that I know for me personally inspires me to take care of myself because I want more nourished women in the world. And so I have to do my own work to be part of that. Absolutely. What you said about the right and left dynamics in terms of the breast is something that I've found it really helpful over the years to just get a little bit of a a different sort of perspective on what's going on. Like if I'm taking it to present time, I'm breastfeeding my five and a half month old son. And right from the beginning, I would say that like, it never feels right for me to call the things that came up in my breastfeeding journey, breastfeeding problems, because they were literally just my breast talking to me. Like they were not a breastfeeding issue was very clear to me, because I could see how rooted they were in my emotions. Yeah. And the support that I needed or I felt like I had or didn't have. And so they were such a clear message. And it actually, for me, felt very empowering in terms of like, it wasn't a breastfeeding issue. It was a very clear message as to what was going on. It was my, you know, emotional body speaking loud and clear to the load that I was carrying. And that actually felt pretty good. And I had the same You know, five years ago, when I was in a big accident, I also had one of my breasts that I felt spoke to me after in terms of how I was processing the trauma. And I had a little voice that was like, okay, maybe I need to like be aware of how this develops. But underlying it, just having that awareness of how deeply our emotional body speaks through our, you know, our whole body, especially, but I do think there is a bit of an amplified emotional energy around our breast as women and having that awareness with us can be just a powerful piece to bring into the wider conversation I mean nothing stands alone when we look more holistically at our health but it's certainly a key piece to bring into our conversation with our bodies yeah you know it's another tool in your tool belt when you have that awareness and you understand like, yeah, like your breasts are, yeah, I mean, they're just so connected to the emotional body and they're always kind of communicating with us. And even if, you know, 
little, even you know, when women have experienced like pain, like connected to stress, even like different types of pains, like everything, you know, is connected to something. So it's, um, yeah. And everyone kind of has a different experience because everyone has a different journey and everyone has kind of different lessons to learn. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the energy is just so, so, so important because so many metaphysical manifestations are just really like energetic manifestations or energetic blocks that, you know, just kind of show up in our bodies. Yeah. Adding on to how key the emotional understanding of our breasts is and how connect our breasts is to our heart and emotional body, if we add on to that in terms of foundation for nourishing breast health in our lifestyle choices, some of the things that I think we can often forget how much actually affects our hormonal health in our little choices. And again, yeah. like you've spoken to, there is a balance for each person to figure out sort of how much they can change or if something feels hard. I mean, for some people, it feels really easy to choose natural products. For other people, it doesn't. So, I mean, there's a lot in there yeah. in terms of how we make our choices. So it's not to say that it's just easy, but I think it would be great to just bring some awareness to like what are some of the things in our daily life that actually do significantly impact our hormonal health and therefore breast health. One of the first things is definitely, you know, the foods that we eat. You know, some, you know, dairy, sugar, processed and refined foods and alcohol do not support our hormonal health and do not support our breast health. So, you know, one of the things that and it's amazing, like, the shifts you'll experience in your whole body once you eliminate these things. So I would say, you know, remove dairy, remove sugar, remove all processed, refined, you know, fried foods, and, yeah, you know, remove alcohol and really start there. And then increase, you know, greens, cruciferous vegetables, a lot of fiber, beans are incredibly important and powerful for clearing up the liver you know because a lot of the times too we're just so congested in our bodies we have so much buildup of heavy metals from pollutions the foods we eat um that you know it's really important to not keep burning our bodies by eating poor food but to really support it in cleansing out you know the kind of the debris the toxins the heavy metals you know all that stuff from our bodies and so you know eating a lot of greens is super important um, a lot of filtered spring water. The quality of our water is incredibly important. So don't drink tap water. Always use a filter. Try not to drink, um, you know, water from plastic bottles. Those are just be filled with, you know, carcinogens as well. That'll just increase your estrogen. Um, you know, and eating organic is just so, so, so important because the heavy metals that are found in pesticides will mimic estrogen. So you're just increasing your estrogenic load in your body which will lead to growth anywhere in the body not just in your breasts and so it's really really important to eat organic as often as possible to wash your fruits and vegetables you know as best as you can and to yeah you know to really just pay attention and pay attention to how that feels you know I noticed you know it's one of those things too when the cleaner you eat the more sensitive you get so when you go back and eat something that's perhaps not so healthy, it's amazing how quickly you'll notice on, I'll, I'll pick up like the vibration of it. Like I just don't feel that great afterwards. Whereas if I'm eating, you know, like 
greens, if I'm eating really clean, just energetically and vibrationally, I'm like, I'm feeling light and I'm feeling like really, yeah, you're feeling really good. And so pay attention to that, you know, pay attention to how you feel after you've eaten something, you know, that will kind of guide you as well. And, um, you know, it's things like, you know, even turning to herbal support, like milk thistle, dandelion, burdock are all really tremendous allies to help keep your liver healthy and clear it, you know, help it clear of all the toxins. And they're also really great for breast health. So dandelion specifically is great for the prevention and treatment of a variety of breast imbalances. Um, so, you know, turning to herbal support and making sure one of my biggest things that I, as, as I always recommend everyone, find out if you have any nutrient deficiencies. Like when you go to the doctor, you get some blood work, ask them to test for everything. Ask them to test your vitamin D levels, your magnesium, your selenium, your zinc, your B vitamins, your iodine, your all of it. Because just being low in one key vitamin or mineral can affect so much. I mean, even just magnesium, they say that 70% of the population is deficient in magnesium. And so just that in itself, I mean, the magnesium is so important. To, it's, the, it's known as the relaxation mineral. So if you're feeling tense, if you're feeling stressed, if you're not sleeping well, if you're, you know, you're not having daily bowel movements, if your liver's congestion, you're probably deficient in magnesium. Yeah, I mean, it's just that the magnesium is really important. Vitamin D is crucial unless you're getting into the sun every day you know, without sunglasses, hat, you know, sunscreen, you're probably vitamin D deficient as well. Most people are, you know, it's just the nature of kind of like, you know, how we live now. You know, we live indoors, we live in front of a screen. So it just becomes, we're just, and the foods we eat are grown in the same soil year after year. So they're depleted of really key nutrients. So, and even just stress, I mean, stress, just one week of stress can deplete your vitamins and minerals by up to 40%. So I know for me, Stress will deplete my magnesium really quickly. So if I'm, you know, in a bit more of a stressful situation, especially these past couple of months with everything that's been going on, I mean, I think I don't know many people who aren't stressed out right now. So, you know, it's a time to turn to foods that are higher in magnesium. But often I feel like sometimes supplementation is usually what's key and needed and most helpful um what else is there and then you know for you know when it comes to breast health specifically like start incorporating a breast oil into your routine every night you know a lot of these great companies you know these oils are filled with really beautiful oils that are detoxifying that help promote lymphatic circulation blurred circulation and that physically will heal you know the breast tissue because breast tissue is made up of fatty tissue which loves to store heavy metals and toxins so if you're, you know, for most of us that have used conventional skincare from the drugstore or have had those, you know, deodorants or antiperspirants that are filled with aluminum and all sorts of other heavy metals, for the most part, your breasts are going to have, you know, toxins and heavy metals. So a lot of these breast oils are filled with like, you know, essential oils and herbs that will help to clear that stuff out, which is really important, you know, to maintain breast health. And so, and it's just a really beautiful you know, experience to be able to put kind of like your hand on your heart and just, yeah, just put a really nice healing oil on that part of your body. And I also recommend, you know, for women to, when you're using these oils, to put the oil on your, like underneath your arm, on your armpit and up to your collarbone, because you've got really important lymphatic that, you know, lives in this area that's so you want to support these areas and, you know, be mindful of that deodorant. You know, like if it's got any kind of like chemicals whatsoever, if it's from the drugstore, it's probably not good. 
stop using it, like throw it up because 75% of your breast lymphatic drains into the armpits. So if those, if those lymph nodes are congested, guaranteed those toxins are coming back into breast tissue. So, you know, that's just really, really important to, you know, clear up your deodorants, like really, you know, chain, you know, get it out there. And I mean, I created a breast mask a couple of months ago, just as a ritual to, as just a really loving ritual for myself. You know, I filled it with herbs that were really detoxifying and cleansing and really healing because I still have some of these lumps, some of these, you know, growths. And so, you know, I'm working on still, you know, I'm still in the journey, still learning and, you know, growing, which is really wonderful. And so even just, you know, having a beautiful ritual such as the breast mask to, yeah, just because I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of things that are promoted with breast health, there's some fear around it, like breast exam, like just the word exam is stressful, like nobody wants an exam. And so even just kind of, and you're actively looking for a disease yeah. rather than, you know, necessarily tuning into your body. And I mean, definitely check out your breasts regularly, yeah. but they can be combined with actually having a relationship with your breast, which is different. Exactly. Yeah. And so even just like the breast massage oil, so even just kind of rubbing that on your chest every night, you know, is it really, and then, you know, sometimes, and it just gets you comfortable. I think a lot of women don't even touch their breasts. Because we're not taught to, we're not told to. I mean, even for me, my first experience was like finding a lump. So it was like, uh, you know, like just stressful. And so even just getting comfortable with that part of your body, you know, whatever that means for you, maybe it's just massage, maybe it's using a breast oil, maybe it's, you know, using the breast mask, whatever, whatever it means for you to kind of just be comfortable with the part of yourself and to, you know, give that part of yourself some love and to feed it some really good ingredients, just the oils, you know, the essential oils. I mean, there's just so many amazing, I mean, when I first started this, I didn't, I couldn't find anything. I could not find anything, like any herbs, any oils. And it's funny because I had taken a year long herbal course. There was no mention of any kind of like herbs for breast health. And I was like, what? I was like, there's gotta be something. I'm like, there's so many herbs out in the world. How are there no, how are there no herbs for, you know, breast health? But anyways, as I started to dive in, as I started to dig in, there's so many. There's so many, but most people don't write about it. Most people do not talk about it. So that's kind of where I try to share that information on my website to be like, hey, like, you know, red clover and violent and dandelion and burdock and ginger. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I even I have an online course and I started, to, you know, there's a section in the course that's all herbs. And I think I found over like 23 different herbs that have an impact on breast health like poke and like you know the herbs that support lymphatic health and digestive health and the all everything goes hand in hand but a lot of herbs will have specific energetics will work specifically on breast tissue so for anybody out there that's like oh my god it's so hard to find they're out there and you know my website I list everything on there the books that I've read there's some really great books that I feel like everyone should every woman should read regardless if you have issues or not because it just really empowers you to make your own decisions because I feel like once you understand how something works then you can make a decision around it but if you don't understand how things work it's really hard to make a decision and you just kind of tend to give your power away to someone who might not understand what you truly need yeah yeah very very sound advice and I think also that the I guess there's two things I feel like adding here is that honor your own pace 
and whatever you do do is good. <laughs> so, you know, it can seem like there's so many things depending on where we start that there is to focus on in terms of using natural products, looking at what kind of cleaning products you use, what food you eat, what shampoo, if you use makeup, on and on. But really, we can also start with just one thing. Get out in the sun, <laughs> go to bed early, and remember that your body is so responsive. So honor your own pace in nourishing yourself. It's okay to start with one thing. It's okay to start with all of it. And wherever you can add nourishment is really, really powerful. Wherever you can make a change that is actually good for your body is really, really wonderful. And those little sort of little but big rituals, putting your own hands on your body, self-massage is such a key part in my work. Because what happens when we put our own hands on our own bodies? The doorways open. We learn to listen to ourselves in a new way. And we also learn to support our nervous system in a new way when we get our hands mm -hmm. on our own body. Yeah. It is powerful. And literally all you have to begin with is putting your hands on your breast and taking a breath. Yeah, exactly. Then you can add on to it. You can do a breast mask. You can do breast massage like... And, you know, you can get addicted to that goodness because it feels good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the little steps. You know, the little things done consistently can yield such big results. And so, yeah, even just if you're you're just kind of starting out on all this and you're like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed or I'm just I'm terrified of finding something. Get yourself like a really nice breast massage oil that you that smells amazing. I mean, there's some really great ones out there. Um, living libations her oil is just like fantastic you know and then it, then it starts to be something that you want to do because you're like oh yeah it smells really good like I'm excited to use it and then yeah even if you just put it on your breast and then all you did was like you know you put like your hand on your heart and that's all you did and you just kind of set an intention and that's it start there you know there's no need to kind of go full-on like you know start searching and like figuring you know, oh my guys or something because Breasts change all the time too with their monthly, with the menstrual cycle, you know, tissues change and it's constantly, it's an ever evolving and kind of changing tissue. So, you know, it'll always kind of like feel different, but um, yeah, just kind of start doing, yeah, something simple, whatever resonates with you, whatever excites you, whatever you're drawn and pulled to, like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're, you know, there's something there waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you have such an amazing platform in terms of actually getting all of this information for breast health and understanding what you can do. Do you have a vision in terms of what your your hope is? I mean, so much of your own life and your work is dedicated to breast health. So I'm wondering if there is a bit of a vision inside of you in terms of what you wish every woman was empowered to do in terms of supporting her own breast health. Yeah, I mean, I've got so many. I'm actually just in the middle right now of kind of like moving over my website to a different platform and just adding like so much onto it, um, which I'm really excited about because I've got so many things of like of extra tools and resources that I want to add. And I just want to be able to have this platform accessible. I want like every woman on this planet who's in need of information that she can find the platform like really easily and that it supports her and that she's seeing results, you know, that she's feeling like guided and supported and empowered. And she's like, Oh, like I can do this. Like I've got this, you know, like cause sometimes that's 
the best thing you can do is just find someone that's like, you've got this, you can do it, you know, someone that can support you. And so I hope that the website, you know, the web, the platform supports women. And they're like, oh, okay. And then the understanding to start to learn more about the little shifts they can do on a daily basis that will lead them to breast health. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about that ongoing support and the importance of knowledge, like, you know, your Instagram is an example of where you can actually just go and follow and you will get a little bit of input. Yeah, I really like the pages on Instagram where I learn something. Where I'm like, oh, I can do that? Great, that's simple. You know, like, and so I try to kind of like the posts or it's like you can click on any post and there'll be like a tangible piece of information for you of like, hey, like if you're experiencing this, have you checked this out? This is what this herb does. You know, have you looked into, these are the benefits of magnesium. This is what a nutrient deficiency, these are some of the symptoms that you can experience. So that it's just actual information that you're like, oh, okay. Like I, I have to, I'm going to take that away for this week and I'm going to implement that and I'm going to, you know, see what happens. Yeah, getting that knowledge yeah. into our own hands so we can support exactly. our own health and support each other's health. You mentioned that there are books that you feel like every woman should read and they're on your website, but do you want to mention a few of what they are and leave them with yes. our listeners? Absolutely. So um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Dr. Christian Northrup is fantastic. There's a whole section on breast health, but it just talks about like, you know, a woman's body. And she has a lot of examples of women who've, you know, had breast cancer and what they've done, what they did to heal. And there's, you know, she talks a lot about the energetics of like the power of like meditation, saying no to things that you don't want to do to, it's not just the physical aspects. And so that's just a really empowering and important book. And then there's Renegade Beauty by Nadine Artemis, who's the founder of Living Libations. And she's got a whole section on breast health on that one too. And that's fantastic. Like super, super important and it's just a great read and there's just so many great tools and just information on like just all of like you know women's health and then there's Susan Weed has a book she's an herbalist and she has a book called breast cancer breast health and there's just I mean there's a section on what women can do if they've had they're diagnosed with a lump whether it's benign or malignant if they go through chemo or radiation and she just gives you all these options of like here are some herbs you can use and then there's just a whole like i think half the book is just preventative medicine hey these are the foods and this is why this is important and here are some great herbs and these are the energetics behind it and these are what you i mean it's just and you can you can start anywhere in that book and learn something like it's phenomenal and it's not an easy book to find. I mean, you can find it on Amazon, but I mean, in terms of like bookstores, you walk in and it's like, uh, I feel like those three books, if women start there, they're such a great start. I mean, I refer them all the time and I'm always going back and learning something new and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. And so, yeah, I feel like they're kind of like Bibles for women's health. So yeah, those are my like top three currently. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it's time to complete our journey into breast health for today. And I really hope you, the listeners, have felt inspired to look closer at your own relationship with your breast and maybe inspired to bring in some nourishing practices to this powerful part of your womanly landscape. I really strongly urge you to check out Rochelle's Instagram and website. She has so much to offer you as you begin to look closer at your own breast and really take charge of your own holistic breast health and you can find her 
website at hermetanoia.com. And I'll also have the link for that in the show notes. I've also got a guided breast massage meditation on my website. I also want to mention that the breast masks that Rochelle mentioned, that's actually something she offers for sale on her website. So a beautiful herbal breast mask, so I urge you to check that out as well. And Rochelle has generously offered a 15% discount on her breast mask for everyone listening. The code is MOON15, that's all caps, M-O-O-N, 1-5. So I'll link all of the goodies that have been mentioned in the show notes. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on today, Rochelle. I'm so grateful for you really sharing your own journey into breast healing and the wisdom you've accumulated along the way. And, and thank you for making it available in such a big and accessible way for people to find. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm just so grateful and honored to be able to share my story. Yeah, and I hope it helps women. I hope it inspires them and they know that, you know, they're not alone if they're dealing with these issues, that, you know, there's support out there, you're not alone, and that, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, you can heal. Sometimes it takes a bit of time, it can take some research, but there is an intelligence living within each and every one of us. And so it's just, you know, tap into that and you can, you know, you can do anything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate closing our conversation with those words. And thank you to you listeners for listening to another podcast. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of PsychoWise. If you love this podcast, please spread the love by sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you tune in to the show. This is the most effective way of sharing this women's wisdom with more women in the world. We're so much stronger together. I'm Indigo Moon Inamark. Until next time, I'm sending you love from my inner woman to yours.